You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. Happy 4th of July. Welcome to the Locked On Hornets podcast. We are coming to you from the Gittimer.com studios in Uptown Charlotte. If you're in sales and need help, visit Gittimer.com today to learn how they can help you do the one thing you want to do, and that's make more sales. Make sure you are following us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Hornets and on Facebook, facebook.com slash Locked On Hornets. You can find myself on Twitter at Walker Mail, Doug at Doug Branson, L-O-H, and Nada at Nada the Scribe. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Visit LockedOnSports.com to check out all of our podcasts on the NBA, the NFL, MLB, and Fantasy Sports. Jess, Doug, and I in studio today. No Nada, because Nada is taking care of some very serious matters. Stuck at the barbershop, old Nada Edwards is. Got to take care of that dude. Long line at the barbershop. It's the second time I've ever heard somebody being late or absent for something because of a barbershop appearance. Really? In high school, I was friends with a guy who was late to his triple jump appearance, his first attempt at the triple jump, because he was at the barbershop getting himself lined up. And <laughs> he didn't didn't show up for the first attempt. Wow. Got, well, got said, tuned out by listen, the strike coach. Listen, I've, I've got... I've got multiple attempts at the jump, but I only have one barbershop appointment. <laughs> and if you screw that up, then is there really any save in that? It's, I mean, if, if it's, you can always go, I, I guess you can take the, you can always go shorter approach, but if you want to get it lined up perfectly, that's exactly what these guys have decided to do. Listen, I think this is our nation's birthday and, uh, you know, Nada is just putting himself first in a very American way. Just yeah. looking out, looking out for number one. And giving takes at the barbershop rather than the studio today. I would like to see Nada. If I'm bringing Ooh. somebody to the barbershop, Nada's one of the guys that are high He was up there. made for the barbershop. I, in fact, I think he, he, is, he, he actually... Is, <laughs> he is straight up barbershop. I think he has so many takes at the barbershop that the barbershop eventually is like, all right, let's just... Can we just not talk about anything right now? Let's just all be quiet for a second. <laughs> I want to segment Nada's takes at the barbershop. I want to go film Nada Ooh. at the barbershop. That's, okay. what, that's the segment I want because am I wrong on that? Like Nada is one of the top guys that I would bring to the barbershop anywhere I'd go. He has an opinion on everything. If you want to talk something just chilling at the barbershop, then Nada is your guy I think you want to bring. We need to create some kind of segment. So again, no Nada here today. He's going to be looking good the next time we see him, though, I believe. We won't be here Friday. We will be here next Monday to give you a show. But we are going to show up on July 4th. Happy birthday, America. And thanks again for listening to the Locked on Hornets podcast. A couple things to get to today. The Summer League roster has maybe not officially been announced, but there have been some cuts. There have been a couple of additions here for the Charlotte Hornets and and alongside the veterans that you would expect to play in the summer league as well. Some veterans in the sense of Malik Monk, Dwayne Bacon, summer league veterans. So that summer league roster looks like it's going to be all set. Um, We will talk about some of these slim pickings that you have at backup point guard throughout free agency. Charlotte Hornets swinging and missing on a couple of guys so far. So we'll see what other guys are out there that the Hornets can bring in, as well as the 23rd, I believe, best Charlotte Hornet of all time. I'm getting we are on number 23. 23. I don't it, know if no, you it's 22, it looks like. Yes, we are in number, number 22. Number 22. Hey, we're now, yep, that, that's, that's the first. July 3rd hit yeah. me kind of hard. <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you, this voice right now is a put-on. I am very hungover. <laughs> yeah, how are you doing? How was last night? It was, it was a good time. It was a long, I I was telling you before the show, hangovers now that I've entered my thirties, 
are, are less dependent on the amount of alcohol that I drink, which, which was not a lot last night, but I stayed up until 1.30. And that's just, that's far too late for me these days. So you have the tired factor, the fatigue factor the on fatigue top of the fatigue factor is factor. really what's hitting me at this point. Uh, but I'm, I'm soldiering on in, in honor of this, this land that I love, <laughs> land of the free, home of the brave. Yeah, uh, thank you so much, Doug. Yeah, last night, uh, I'm okay. I went last, I, I drank a little last night, but I'm, I feel normal today. And I'm a little bit younger, but also I didn't drink all that much. Mm-hmm. So like maybe when I get 30, I did go to sleep at 1.30. I then went to bed at pretty much at the same, about, same time. But it looks like you might have had a more fun night than I did. So we'll move on. To the we sun. need, by the way, we need July fifth off. Why is uh, we should uh, July fourth shouldn't agree. be the holiday because we've got now we've got to like do our, do our celebrating on July third. Correct. That seems it, it's the day after the Super Bowl. It's the day after July fourth. Come on, what are we doing? I have no clue what's going on. But those are the two days that I demand that America take off. That needs to be our next true achievement. Is as a nation just accepting that July fifth should be off. And Super the the day after the Super Bowl, Monday after the Super Bowl, we should have that off as well. So let's dive into Summer League, Doug. Summer League, we do have again that roster is is looking to come to you know pretty much completion. The Hornets uh, they have some cuts out of minicamp. They released Chris Coakley, James Demery, Who? Ben Lammers, Who? <laughs> Dimitri Rivers, what? and Alec Wintering. I'm lost. And the big one you do know it's Bryce Johnson. U-N-C. And go, Bryce Johnson, yes, right, and everybody remembers him from the Tar Heel uh, championship appearance team that they had. They, 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 they Crushing loss to Villanova, but it was a very good college player, so he was a guy that the Hornets brought in for basically, what, not even a week, just a couple of days, it seemed like, and then they immediately His fall was, was quick, because he was a first-round selection. He was. But he just, it just seems like he his game does not fit within the, the modern NBA. I thought he would be okay. I I didn't think he'd be anything special. He was fun in college. A crazy athletic, crazy bounce, but not exactly a guy that defended all that well. So now he gets drafted by the Clippers. Then he gets traded to the Detroit Pistons in that Blake Griffin trade. Gets dropped by them. Tries to make it with the Grizzlies. That doesn't happen. And I don't know if there's any other team in between the Grizzlies and the Hornets, but I like I like uh, I like Rick Bennell's take that the Hornets were essentially doing Bryce Johnson a favor by releasing him this early because now he can pot. He had no shot at joining the Hornets. So now he can possibly get on with another Las Vegas team because all 30 teams are going to be in Las Vegas. So he has a shot to get on with another roster that he actually could possibly latch on to. Yeah, and hope he does. I'm just Bryce Johnson. One of my favorite college basketball players was really fun to watch and his later years in college. So hopefully he finds one. But again, that's your summer league cuts and your additions. And Doug, we were talking about this before the show that it looks like Dwayne Bacon, Malik Monk, Hernan Gomez, those younger players are going to be the guys that are getting all the minutes. So these Dimitri Rivers, these Alec Winterings, those kind of guys that you've never heard of, the additions of Joe Cheeley, um, I mean, mm-hmm. the, the guys they actually mm-hmm. keep on this roster, you know, it, they're going to be buried on the bench in, in summer league. You know, they're they're going to see some minutes, but majority of the minutes are going to go to Dwayne Bacon. They're going to go to the Malik Monks, the younger guys that are going to absolutely make this roster at the end of all this. Yeah, and Coach Borrego talked about that after one of these minicamp sessions that he basically talked to some of these bench players that are going to go, you know, find G League teams to play for after all this is said and done, and basically said, "Look, if you're joining this roster, you have to understand." that we're getting our guys ready to go for this upcoming season. Malik Monk did not get a summer league last year, so he really needs 
these minutes to develop this summer. And they are looking at this upcoming season, not necessarily the long term and not necessarily their G League composition. Did you see his summer league interview or it, there was just an interview where he was taking questions. I believe it was just at the Spectrum Center talking about going to Las Vegas to play in the summer league. Dude looked genuinely excited to play. And you can tell with some of these guys that are just kind of giving you fluff just to go through the motions in these question and answer periods. But Malik Monk seemed like he really wanted to play. And by the way, Malik Monk, just with a year of seasoning under his belt in the NBA, seems a little bit better at the old Q&A type thing. Like, yeah. I, I don't know. He, he seemed like a guy. And Malik Monk was always a fun dude. Like I, I got to interview him right after the Hornets selected him. And it was a fun guy to talk to. But you can tell, need a little bit of seasoning in that regard. I think you could see that a year out. Like I'm I'm Malik Monk as a as a person, like Malik Monk seems like a cool dude and, and it, it's fun to see him interact with all the other players and interact with media now. Yeah, I think you're going to see him blossom on the court this season, but I think he has the potential to blossom off the court and sort of find how he wants to present himself to the public. And because, you know, honestly, there is a marketing component to this for Malik Monk. If he suddenly becomes you know, a most improved player candidate next season. How does he also market himself uh, to the public as well? It's it's a very important thing. Uh, but I think he's excited, Walker, because he views this new coaching staff and this next season as as his shot. I don't think he viewed last season as uh, that he got a fair shake. Well, and things. it's and it's fun to have people buy into you so much. Yeah. And Borrego and Mitch Kupchak, we've talked about it a ton. And those guys are going all in with Malik Monk. It's crazy. I mean, they they have attached themselves to that particular player more so than any other player on the roster. And a lot of it is fanfare. A lot of it is saying, look at us. We're going to try to develop this young star that you love so much in college and was a number 11 overall pick. But they do believe in him. And there's a reason that he was somebody that was drafted in the first round. His talent is exceptional. The guy can shoot in a fantastic manner. I mean, it, it's it's a fun guy to watch play basketball. I mean, well, we all know his skill set and what is and is particularly what what he doesn't necessarily excel at. But Malik Monk is there is an exciting player within that body, and everybody wants to see it for the Hornets. An exciting player, and and what role will will that ultimately mean for him next season? Because they're saying all the right things, Walker. You know, they're saying that he's going to be a big part of next season. But the reality still remains, unless they make a trade between now and the start of the season, that that as Mitch Kupchak said, that wing situation is still cluttered. And if they if they truly see him as a shooting guard more so than a point guard, then he's got Nick Batum, he's got Jeremy Lamb, he's got a lot of players still in front of him uh, that that's going to make it a little bit more difficult for him to have the significant impact that I think that he ultimately wants to have on an NBA team. Mitch Kupchak, when asked about Malik Monk and Dwayne Bacon, seemed to draw a pretty clear line between the two. When you're saying this about Malik Monk and the wings, he said Malik Monk pretty much has to step up because of the backcourt needs that they have. Dwayne Bacon was not the case when Mitch talked about him. And here's a guy that we had grown some faith in because it was a second-round pick that actually played a decent amount of basketball for this team and deserves some of your faith and deserves some of your hope as a guy that was drafted 40th overall. But when asked, when we asked Mitch Kupchak about that, he discussed that minutes might be a little bit harder to come by for him because of that cluttered situation that you have. Malik Monk, he didn't say that about. right? And, and I agree with you that you're going to have a couple of shooting guards that Malik Monk is, is going to have to compete with. 
But he he was fine and candid about saying that about Dwayne Bacon, saying that that's where the clutter is going to come into play. And maybe Dwayne Bacon doesn't see as many minutes as we might hope for this season. I, I'm hoping that he does because you want to see these younger guys come in and, and try to work on some things and, and hopefully become, of course, better basketball players for the future. But it looks like that might be the guy that's going to be tough to see more minutes for him as far as the rookies that we had last year. So maybe Dwayne Bacon gets some minutes, but and if so, hopefully he does so. And by the way, Dwayne Bacon says he's been working on finishing the basketball more at the rim than he did with the last coaching staff. And I think when you what you take away from Dwayne Bacon's game last season is you know the the, the NBA body is good. We know that. We know the defensive ability that Dwayne Bacon has. We know the slashing ability that he has. But a lot of what we saw, we saw a lot of mid range from him which is weird because that's not where the NBA is heading and that's the kind of offense that we decide, that we saw a lot from him last year. And I think when he when he compares the two coaching staffs, I think last season they were really working on Dwayne's shooting ability, like getting him to be a consistent outside shooter. I think just like Steve Clifford believed that Malik Monk needed to improve his point guard skills to have long-term success, I think they also believed that Dwayne Bacon would have to improve his shooting to, to have long-term success. But you've seen this coaching staff come in and say with these young players, all right, we, we yes, there's obviously some long-term things that you players need to do to you know have a, a long-lasting career in the NBA, but we're going, we're going to focus on your strengths first. And we'll see how that plays out. And that was a line Borrego implemented in his, confer- in his press conference. Right, and we'll just have to see how that plays out. It's two different philosophies. And we'll see how it plays out for Malik Monk and and Dwayne Bacon. If you want to support our show and the amazing people that put it together, consider joining our Patreon community. For just as little as $1 a month, you can help us keep making the Daily Hornets content that you've come to trust. Go to patreon.com slash LOH. There's a link in the description of this episode. Get double entries into our contest and access to content before anyone else. Patreon.com slash LOH. Every dollar goes to making this the best Hornets talk in all of Charlotte. The free agency market drying up. Is there any other backcourt members that the Hornets could look for? We talk about that that, that next here on the Locked On Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. And the Google description here says, On contracts made before June, where the wheat is deliverable in December, either wheat of the grades, named or numbered, <laughs> B shares Batik of New York, N.B.A. So take that for what you will. That's a lot of information I just threw at you. I apologize. What was the grade? The Yeah, the wheat was graded uh, C-. minus. Let's get them on. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Joey Chestnut proving he's the GOAT today. What what happened? What happened? Winning the hot dog contest once again. My God. Setting another record at the Coney Island hot dog contest. 72. How do these guys continue to set records? Basically, and these guys, I mean this one guy in Joey Chestnut. How does he continue to set the record every single time he steps up to the play? It's American exceptionalism. It's American excellence. Is there anything more American than the eating contest? There's not. It's I. That's a good one, and that will lead us into the next category of what the most American things are, and you might have just knocked it out of the park with the hot dog eating contest. I mean, that does scream America. It's on the 4th of July. Hot dog is an American food. 
I think that is going to be tough to be. And Joey Chestnut winning it. Like, it's also a guy that just looks like it's it's not particularly big guy. It's just your dad bod that goes out in that hot dog eating contest and destroys everybody. I want to look up the hot dog eating contest results each year and see how we've had an incline in records. While you do that, I'll give you some other things that are very American. I think one of the most American things we're seeing right now play out in free agency, and that's complaining about things that are just needless things to complain about, just like DeMarcus Cousins signing with the Warriors, everyone complaining about it from various angles. Like just being outraged needlessly might be one of the most American things that I can think of. It's amazing to see DeMarcus Cousins go to Golden State, though, right? That's something we need to address. I mean, it's been, we didn't see that on Monday. So I what, what are your thoughts real quickly on DeMarcus going to Golden State? I mean, because I thought it was a joke when I saw that Woj tweet come across my timeline. I think it's fine. I think you're seeing a team in Golden State that is taking a risk in DeMarcus Cousins because, listen, Achilles injuries, big guys don't come back from that. I mean, that's just not an injury that we traditionally see major stars, players with a lot of talent come back from. Now, now, DeMarcus wasn't someone that was using, you know, a, a, an immense amount of athleticism, but he was agile when he got underneath the uh, underneath the basket. Uh, but at the same time, I think it's a big risk for Golden State. You know, it's just as likely, Walker, that he comes back and they have five all-stars to play with in that starting lineup as it is that he never plays for Golden State at all because of that Achilles injury. So, listen, they had they had the clout and and they had they took the risk. I, I think that's just all that this comes down to. I have zero problem with any of it. I, I just think the the fact that Demarcus Cousins has a chance to come back in the second half of the NBA season, and you could see a lineup of Demarcus Cousins out there, even eighteen and ten, Demarcus Cousins, even fifteen and seven, maybe. I'd, I would a ten point decrease with a five rebound decrease in his game is a lot. I don't blame the Golden State Warriors. Listen, I just saw the report today on on Twitter that the Lakers did not offer him an opportunity to come play for them. I get because they didn't want to take the risk for whatever reason. They wanted to take the risks on that's dumb. JaVel McGee, it's very dumb. But that's not the Warriors' fault. Everyone's no, like, I'm not, there's no, a there, there's a problem in the NBA because the Warriors right. are they're too powerful. No, I'm with you on all of this. No, I, I have zero problem with Golden State. Did but is Golden State just supposed to sit tight? I mean, with Demarcus, like, no, we're too good. What what kind of team would do that? No, we're too good, Demarcus. If you came here, it would just be unfair for the rest of the league. We're not going to sign you. The point is to win. The point is not only to win. The point is to dominate. All the all these people that are big fans of 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 the way the NBA used to be, right, Walker? When nobody was friends and everyone, Michael Jordan was looking to go out and dominate Charles Barkley, and Charles Barkley was going out looking to dominate Hakeem Olajuwon. One on one matchups. That's the NBA that we all loved and cherished. That was all about domination. That was all about you you wanting to go out and decimate your opponent and. We're seeing individuals like Kevin Durant not necessarily wanting to go one on one with you know Steph Curry or you know, but we're seeing teams now that want to go out and decimate the rest of the teams. And what's more competitive than that? What's more American than that? I misspoke on the hot dog eating contest. It does not look <laughs> like the men's results are in. It was Joey Chestnut who wow. won. Where they're not in yet, so it hadn't happened yet. 
I was getting tweets that Joey Chestnut is the goat, and I saw like he broke a record for. You're trying to give him the. 72. You're trying to give him the ring before I, he's won it. I apologize, I, and if I, if I'm right about this, then you can call me the hot dog eating contest oracle. But Joey Chestnut, he set the record last year, 72 hot dogs. Previous year it was 70. Previous after that, he actually got his con his got his belt taken away from Matt Megatoad Stony, who had 62 hot dogs in 2015. Not even think he lost any in the last few years but then 61 69 68 62 54 68 (laughs) 59 66 so his ring goes all the way back his reign goes all the way back to 2007 with just one year of megatoad taking away the belt from him so joey chestnut again you would think he comes in and gets the belt once more all right free agency they're not going to get demarcus cousins but we might get Shelvin Mack with our mid-level exception. That's big, right? I like honestly. <laughs> I I understand your point there. That 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 the the Hornets have have don't that have Shelvin a lot Mack of, is not Demarcus Cousins. That that no, was the extent of it. I, I get your point. <laughs> but I like Shelvin Mack. I I actually he was one of the the targets that I thought that they should have pursued the last season. But then I think Mack he ended up signing like a six million dollar deal with Orlando, so they he was out of range of the Hornets, and that's why they ended up going with Michael Carter-Williams. They didn't take a risk on Tyreek Evans last season. And so now this season, Orlando did not want to pay $6 million to have Shelvin Mack back up uh, DJ Augustine again. So Mack out on the market. I think he would be a fine addition. I mean, he's, he's what, 6'3", he's got a little size, got a little girth, a little strength. He is girthy. He's girthy, and I think that's what you want. You want girthy. So, you know, th- there are a couple more names, but I like Mack. And listen, this is all about convincing a guy that, He's going to get playing time that uh, and 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 maybe giving a little bit more money than he would find from a contending team, which he would unless Devonte just shows out and becomes a baller. But Sheldon Mack, he would have to get some playing time because what other point guard are you going to put out there? Unless you have Malik Monk running point in summer league and it's someone that you suddenly believe in in that regard. I'm just really surprised that Tyreek Evans took the one million one year deal for twelve million dollars, really cashed out. Because we talked about it on the last show that Tyreek's options at this point were go play for a contending team for the tax mid level, which would have been about three four million dollars, or go sign with a team that had either cap space like Indiana did, or uh, a team that had a mid level exception like the Hornets did, and you get a little bit more money. But I'm really surprised that he not only cashed out but that he went for the one-year deal because he really had a career year last season and had an opportunity to cash in on that. And th- and he's pretty late into his career, year 10. No, he is. I- I'm not as surprised as you are. Going to a better team in Indiana right now, making $12 million for one year, playing the wing position, I don't know how important that is to him, but you're going to get some playing time there because as you as we discussed earlier, Victor Oladipo, really the only two that you have with Indiana. So Tyreek, there's a lot of position flexibility there for him. Whereas we just talked about the cluttered position if you go down to the wings for Tyreek. But also making the $12 million, I think that's tough to turn down for Tyreek. One, because this market, $12 million is good. Not only is it okay, I mean, it's pretty good for what other free agents have gotten. And you do bet on yourself for a season, but think about it. If you're going to go sign with the Charlotte Hornets and you're looking at about what seven million dollars right if you're looking for seven million dollars over the next two three years if it's three years then yeah you're gonna make 
what is it, $9 million more than what you made with the Pacers. But then again, I, I think there is a $9 million contract out there for Tyreek next season. So that's what he's going to be betting on. He gets his $12 million this season. Perhaps he's able to capitalize even on it more. So you do bet yourself. You do bet on yourself more. But I do think that there's going to be more money to be had next season where he could potentially sign another long-term contract and eventually the money even be close to evening out or even him making more than what he would have made with the Hornets. I, I just disagree that that the the reward next season is worth the risk because Tyreek has a history of injuries. And if he goes down with an injury or things don't work out quite like he expects them to work out in Indiana, you know, he had a he had the potential to sign a long-term deal for, for a mid-level exception. Do we know what the Hornets were offering? We don't know what the Hornets are offering, but I'm saying even, okay, say they, they even offered him $6 million a year for three years. Now you're talking about $18 million over the course of three years versus 12. And if he, if he See, has that's, to, that's a risk I take. If, but here's the thing, though. Next season, if he does get injured this season, next season, you're looking at vet minimum. You're looking at maybe tax mid-level. So I'm just talking about maximizing the amount of dollars that you make. Compound interest. Walker, I'm trying to give you investment advice. You have to guarantee yourself for the long term and not worry and quit betting on yourself today. Get a savings account, Walker. I'm begging you. So, so money market, but, but think, CDs. Think about the difference in money you're talking about. You're talking about if this is a guy that get in, gets injured and then he makes the vet, the veteran mid, mid or the the minimum next season. Then you're just talking about four million dollar difference. Four hundred one k's, Roth IRA, traditional IRA. I'll go play for the I'm better team. I'm begging you. I'll go play for the better team. I'll bet on myself again because you keep saying if he gets injured, which is true. If he gets injured, then it's a risk. But what if he doesn't? Then you could have missed out on a lot more money as well. Because then if you don't get injured, then you're not signing for the veteran minimum. There is a lot of money to be had next season for you. More money next summer. And it's why everyone is taking one-year deals. It's because you want to be on the market again because people have more money. So if Tyreek does not get injured, then you're talking about a $4 million difference if Tyreek, if, if we're going off this example that he would get $6 million for three years, one, it's already a $6 million difference. You get the vet minimum next season, that becomes a $4 million difference. I'm taking that bet all day long. I'm betting on myself. I'm going to try to hit free agency once again next summer, and I'm going to get paid, and I think it's going to be more money, and I get to play on a better team with the Pacers. So to me, it makes sense. But with the guys that are out there, even though Shelvin Mack is no DeMarcus Cousins, I'll take Shelvin Mack too for this Hornets team. Shelvin Mack or Shabazz Napier, Doug, because those are the two guys that seem to be the most listed out there as far as backup point guards go. Would you rather have Mack before you'd rather have Napier? Yeah, at this point, give me size. Give me size over everything. I would agree with you because Napier is someone who did improve a lot towards Portland. And I know Rick Bennell, he said that he was surprised that Portland did not offer him the, the qualifying offer, did not extend that qualifying offer to him. And I'd be fine with him coming to the Hornets, but I'd rather have Shelvin Mack as well. He was the leader in assists for the Orlando Magic last season. It's a little bit of a weird thing to say because he only he didn't even reach five assists for that team. But still, the team leader there, it is some money that is big. He is girthy. I think you do need some size in that regard. All right, we'll take a quick break. We'll come back. 22nd best Charlotte Hornet of all time. Up next, it's the Locked On Hornets podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. You are listening to the Locked On Hornets podcast. Main character for American Psycho was Patrick Bateman, which really confused me. I always thought that Jason Bateman was Patrick Bateman and that Patrick Bateman well, was Jason Bateman. <laughs> 
It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Welcome back to the Locked on Hornets podcast. Walker Mail, Doug Branson in studio here with you. Again, no Nada Edwards today. Getting a fresh cut. Getting lined up. So not going to be giving his hot takes again in the studio. He's giving them at the barbershop. And again, if you're just joining us, which is probably not true because this is not radio and I need to recognize that this is podcast, Nada is someone that I think would be fantastic to bring to a barbershop and just listen to the takes. Yeah, what do you what do you imagine that someone opens their podcast right. app, opens our podcast, and just the- <laughs> scrolls to minute 34? I'm going to listen to, you know, I, I just I have a bad feeling about the first 20 minutes. Let me go to this minute. It's not a terrible, it's not a terrible idea. It's I feel I just feel better about this one. Although if you do have timestamps, which we don't do, but if you were to do timestamps, say, you know what, I I want to listen to the 22nd best Charlotte Hornet of all time before I want to hear the free agents, then maybe you could do that. I mean, maybe maybe there is some kind of avenue to say if you're just joining us in a podcast world, but it's a stretch. I apologize deeply for my mistake. All right, 22nd best Charlotte Hornet of all time. You want to go there first before the beer? Do you want to give us a beer? I can give you a beer right now. This is 4th of Let's July. Just, I ask that question every time. You just want to go beer every time. Let's go beer every time. I want to give the people what they want. All Number right. 22, the 22nd best beer in Charlotte is, <laughs> I love this beer, what he's having. I don't know why my inflection went down on that. Let me try that That again. was a weird inflection. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Delivery. I'm, I'm very hungover. <laughs> yeah. All right, here we go. The 22nd. What he's having? <laughs> What's the, he having? <laughs> <laughs> That's your 22nd like that. best beer of all. Okay, hold on. Let me uh, give me another shot here. All right. The 22nd best beer in Charlotte is what he's having. That is perfect. That is the inflection that the people want. This is a beer by Wooden Robot. It is available year round. You can go out and get yourself a what he's having right now. The golden appearance of this IPA is gorgeous, says Matt McKenzie of Charlotte Magazine. And the citrusy, sweet, and juicy flavor profile puts this among the top IPAs locally. Uh, local bar near my house is Alexander Michaels, and they serve what he's having, and it is what I have when I go there. Yeah, what you have when you go there? What, what you? That's what I have. I have what he's having. Um, when I go there, I don't think I've ever had that. I like the Wooden Robot Brewery though, and they're making one in Noda, which is where I live. So I'm excited. Have you seen this? Have you heard about this? Two breweries coming up for Wooden Robot, one being made in the Noda area. So I did I'm, not know this. I'm excited about that. Yes, you're welcome for that. Breaking, that's breaking news. Tidbit of information. Um, all right, we'll go to the 22nd best Charlotte Hornet of all time. It's somewhat of a juicy one. We're starting to get into the good players here, the ones that a lot of people will recognize. So today, your 22nd best Charlotte Hornet of all time is Derek Coleman. Whoa! He could win a hot dog eating contest. He absolutely could. He might. Ha- <laughs> he might have a couple of hot dogs that uh, contest that he's won. So Derek Coleman coming in at number twenty-two for me. You look at some of the guys that I compared him to, and, and it's tough to reveal the guys that finished ahead of him. But this was somebody that was in the running for twenty-three as well with Kelly Trapuca. Um, twenty-four. I, I had Johnny Newman pretty solidly in there, but Derek Coleman coming in at twenty-two. It's a name brand. Everybody remembers Derek Coleman, the name. He More ha- for the disappointment, though, than for exactly, the performance. Exactly. Did have the all-star appearance for the New Jersey Nets. 
did appear there uh, in that All-Star game in 93 and 94, then it was a pretty long time before he eventually made his way to the Charlotte Hornets, coming here in 98 through 2000 to 2001, had three seasons with the Charlotte Hornets, played about 130, 140 games for the Hornets, and somebody that did have a good year, his second go-around. His second season, he had an efficiency rating of 19, he had uh, a good he had a good box score, but the year prior to that, his first season was okay, and then his last year was not particularly good. Is known for the disappointing career that he had with the Hornets, but still numbers better than a lot of the other guys. I'll I'll, I'll go with Derek Coleman at twenty two. The problem is Walker that by that second year, the problem was that the well was already poisoned. Like when he he came to Charlotte with a lot of expectations off that All Star appearance, it was a a good get. For the Charlotte Hornets at the time, but all kinds of problems started cropping up with his with his conditioning, with uh, some some problems that he got into off the court, and it just never worked out. And, and if we're talking about Mount Rushmores, which you guys are doing on the wake up call, I would put him on the Mount Rushmores of marriages that just didn't work in Charlotte. So it's like <laughs> Derek Coleman, Kerry Collins. Uh, I'll try to think of is, two more. Is Dwight there? Dwight or? Howard. You know, but there wasn't a lot of controversy. That's yeah. the thing. Is it's it obviously behind the scenes there were some issues. Maybe Lance Stevenson. It's just I mean Lance I, Stevenson's I think, up there. I think Lance is uh, is above Dwight. I would put Lance. No, above I would Dwight. too. Absolutely, I'd because Lance, Lance got Dwight. benched. Right. So I think you put Lance up there, and, and maybe we'll think of one more for the Panthers. Just marriages that didn't. So work does Derek out not deserve jump. to be? Is he not on your top thirty list, or is Derek still believe, deserve to be in the top thirty somehow? I think he had he had a significant impact on the Hornets that second season. I I'm, I'm fine with it. I think I'm really interested. You would to, put him to, lower. I think so. How much? I'd say twenty five to thirty. Yeah, I think he's definitely in the top thirty of his of second Charlotte season Hornets. was good. It was yeah. really good. And I'm fine with that. I know we had the controversy with Derek Coleman. I understand he is known more as a disappointment. Anytime we mention his name, Nada, and and we all just kind of you know, we we clown him a little bit. But it is somebody that did have a very good second year, and it was tough for him to kind of regain back that reputation that he lost in his first season. But Derek Coleman did have a, a good year. And you're, you're talking about uh, him being a part of a team, at least, that was starting to become pretty good in that 2000-2001 year. Now, that was a bad one his last season, but he did bridge the gap there. Now, there are a couple of other big, man, big men that Derek Coleman was not as good as here with the Charlotte Hornets organization. But I'll, I'll put him at 22 um, just ahead of Johnny Newman, just ahead of Kelly Trapuca, because Kelly Trapuca really flamed out after his first good season, and his other seasons were not as good as Derek Coleman's bad season. So, Derek Coleman coming in at number 22. Hey, real quick, Walker, you want to say happy birthday to a few NBA players who share a birthday with this great country we call love the to. United States of America. Happy birthday to Omir Ashik, DeAndre Bembry, and the Grant twins, Harvey and Horace, both born on the 4th of July, 28 combined years of NBA service for the Grant twins. Grant's probably the best out of all those group. Horace, is, Horace was awesome. Unquestionably, yeah. Horace, uh, a big piece of, what, two NBA championships. Yeah, teams. sure. Well, and, and, and yeah, Horace Grant doing a, a great job with the Chicago Bulls. Love me some Horace Grant, too. Like anybody I saw wear glasses on the court, that's immediately who I thought of. Most people go Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, but... Me growing up, having the basketball cards of Horace, rocking all those goggles. Love me didn't some he, Horace Grant. Didn't he, win a, didn't he win an NBA championship with the Lakers, too? 
Uh, he might have absolutely actually 2000, 2001. Wasn't yeah, he, that a Lakers I, year? No, I think he was on that team with Kobe and Shaq. Yeah, he was on that team. So he, I think, does he have four? Because he won the first three with the Bulls, right? He won the first three with the Bulls, and he won Let's another see. one with the Lakers. And then because the, this out. the year after the Bulls, then he went to the finals with the Magic. Yep. And played with Shaq and Penny. Yeah, 92, 93, 94 for the Bulls. Then went to Orlando. Had an appearance. Had an appearance, right. And then went to Seattle for a year in 99, 2000. And then went to L.A. and helped them win a championship. And then went back to Orlando. And then back to L.A. to finish his career in 2003, 2004. Anyway, happy birthday, Horace Grant. Happy birthday, Horace Grant. The first player, I believe, that I had a basketball card of every single team that he played for. Huge collector of basketball cards, and I wanted to get every nerd. single team that he had. Yeah, I was pretty nerdy. I was OCD with it. I would alphabetize them. It was bad. Oh, yeah. Man. I would alphabetize my basketball cards. What? I would look at the stats. I would look at the colleges. Who does that in the in, in Major League Baseball? One of the ESPN reporters like keeps box scores religiously. Oh, you Sam Kirkchen. Yeah, you were you were the Kirkchen of. I, I, NBA basketball. There's cards. there's no doubt about it. I was absolutely the Tim Kirkchen. <laughs> Do of you still have them? Yes. Still have all of them. I'll need to definitely take a look at this. Oh man, they I'll take are. a picture of it for Twitter. I've got, I've got a, a uh, something that you can put your cards in that you put on the wall. The most valuable one I have because cards lost all their value because they just made too many. But the most valuable one I have is a Michael Jordan card. It had, it's a black background with the purple thunder going on. It's worth like seventy bucks and it's in pretty good condition. See, this makes complete sense now. You've been investing your money into basketball cards. That's where you're putting your retirement funds. I get why you like the Tyreek Evans deal now. I'm going to hook you up with my investment guy, okay? As soon as we go down, we're going to go talk to Walter. Walter's going to set you up with a nice five-bucket plan. 70 bucks, Get your money right. 70 bucks, Doug? It's a lot of change. Ow. Thanks for listening to Locked On Hornets here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Hornets. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Overcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Just search Locked On Hornets. I'm Walker Mail alongside Doug Branson. Nada will join us again on Monday. Thanks again for listening to us, and we'll talk to you soon. See you guys. <laughs>